Good morning, church. We are in the fifth week of our Summer of Worship series. So we've been looking at the six C's of serving. We began this journey by looking at, at how Jesus was preparing the disciples to serve by speaking to them. Um, and the C's that we've previously covered are commissioned, conditioned, courage, confidence. And now this week in Matthew 10, it reveals the fifth C, which is committed. So clearly, if you're hearing this message, you're unable to join us for our 11 a.m. in-person worship. So you know what to do. Grab your cup of coffee or your glass of sweet tea and let's settle in and hear what God has in store for each of us today. So today's message, we are still in Matthew 10, but today we are in verse 29 through 33. So go ahead and open your Bible or your Bible app, make your way to Matthew 10, and we are going to start in verse 29. All right, verse 29 starts out with, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care. And even the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before the Father in heaven. But whoever denies me or disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's lift our hearts to the Lord in prayer before we dive in. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we ask that you open our minds and our hearts and our spiritual ears, God, and just help us to receive your message today. Whatever it is that you need each of us to hear, I ask that not only do we hear it, but you pierce our hearts with it. You write it on our hearts and help us to apply it to our lives. Show us how to share your word and your promises according to scriptures. God, we ask all things in the precious and holy name of your risen Son, Christ, and all God's people said, Amen. So as we dive into this, Jesus has, he, he shared so much with the disciples prior to sending them out in pairs of twos, getting ready to do ministry. Matthew 10 has given us a great amount of details. There's so many different nuggets that apply to our everyday lives. So uh, Jesus has been really, really honest as he's possibly, you know, without them experiencing what they're about to experience, I think he has been as honest as he possibly could with them. He's revealed the difficulties and the oppositions that they're going to encounter as they proclaim the good news. So, you know, some will be happy to, to receive the good news and others will not. And we've already talked about how it says, um, shake the dust off your feet and go on and, and keep on with the task. And the disciples would face doubt and discouragement, but they committed and they continued with their task at hand. The adversity was certainly 
no reason to abandon their task that was given to them. This task was not for the weak or the faint of heart. It absolutely, most certainly, was not for the ones who were not fully committed to serving the Lord. And I know we've seen so many in our lives today where, you know, they're, they're new to faith or uh, they're really just on fire for God. And the smallest event in life can make them step back. And instantly that fire is put out. We have all faced difficulties. We've all faced oppositions in serving the Lord. And while it's, it's not been the level that the disciples faced, the enemy wants to stop every single believer from growing the body of Christ. The enemy will do absolutely everything possible to increase the difficulties and to cause that anxiety for all that abide in the Lord. You know, we certainly are not the first generation to deal with adversity. But where would we be today if the disciples abandoned their work? I am so thankful, like beyond words, thankful for all who have served the Lord through the over 2,000 years so that the gospel could survive and we would receive it today. And I have to tell you, I get excited when I hear that something new was found from the biblical time period, either of Christ or right after Christ, because the disciples and all of those who encountered and witnessed Christ tried their best to document it so that generation after generation after generation could receive the gospel. So, you know what that means, right? If future generations are going to be able to receive the gospel, we must do our part to continue the work to build the church stronger and stronger. So as we go through the scripture, I want you to really think about the level of commitment that each of us have in serving the Lord. So let's start with verse 29 through 31. Jesus is giving the disciples security. He's reminding the disciples of the security they possess in the Lord. Being aware of their standing with the Father, security and encouragement is found in the protection of the Lord when they face that adversity. So here's the the breakdown of the security. Starting in verse 29, Jesus begins by reminding the disciples of the limited value of the sparrows. Two were sold for basically one-tenth of the Roman dinar. And so that, in today's time, that would be like a penny or a nickel. Their value in society was basically next to nothing. And so Jesus declares that they don't even fall to the ground without God knowing. God knows all. And in society, they are basically worth a penny. Two for a penny. So if the father is aware of the sparrow, how much more is the Lord aware of the disciples of yesterday and today? Because God is in control of the sparrow. The lives of the disciples were kept 
by his sovereign hand as they served him. Now, we have all experienced days where it's been so easy to, to um, focus on the difficult times. And oftentimes, it's even more easy to forget about the protection and the provisions from the Lord in our lives. And we often forget that we will face nothing apart from his knowledge or his, um, that's beyond his ability to handle. He will never send us anywhere he's not already seen. If he's aware of the birds in the sky and provides for them daily, how much more is he aware of those who come to know Christ as their Savior? Our lives do not happen by chance or circumstance. It's not like some wind-up toy that in the beginning of time, Genesis 1, in the beginning there was. It's not like God winded up a, a toy and it's slowly winding down. The Lord is sovereign over our lives and has absolute control of all that we encounter. This includes the enemy. The enemy can only go as far as God allows. We can jump into some scripture right now. We'll, we'll do this at a later time. But even the enemy says, let me tempt that one. Let me sift that one. He can't do it unless God says, okay, I'll give you a little bit of room here. So let's jump on into verse 30. Jesus reveals the level of care the disciples would receive. Not only was the Lord aware of the sparrow falling to the ground, he was also aware of the number of hairs upon each head of the disciple. Same for each of us. God knows more about each of us than we probably know about our own selves. Jesus implied that God cares so much and knows the numbers on each of our heads that surely he cares enough to provide for all of our needs. Now, this doesn't mean that, you know, we can say, God, I really need a Lexus and expect all of a sudden, poof, there it is. But God always provides a way for us to keep on. And so this is a, it's a comforting verse. So when we consider the profound implications found with Within the agape of God for all of his creation, it's, I'm going to be honest, for me sometimes it's, it's mind-boggling. I can't wrap my head around God providing for every single ounce of time and space that involves creation. And if God is faithful to provide for all the creatures in creation, why are we so quick to worry and doubt that God cares the Lord knows exactly what we need, and He always provides. I mean, how many times have you heard somebody say, well, the money showed up just in time for that bill? Well, duh. Thank you, Lord, for always providing. And if we go on to verse 31, Jesus, Jesus knew that their journey would have its share of uncertainty and difficulty. And at times, they would enjoy the abundance of Kindness and food and lodging and just overflowing. But at other times, they would basically have only enough to survive. God would provide for their every need. He had a plan 
and a purpose for each of their lives, just as he does for each of ours. So while being engaged in the work of the Lord, the disciples would would rest in knowing that God was there and God would provide. So let me just tell you, if God calls you to it, he will see you through it. It doesn't matter how many excuses we come up with. You know, we can come up with all the excuses why we're not good enough, we're not equipped enough, we're not something enough. But if God calls you to it, he will equip you and he will see you through it. And it's real easy in our busy schedules to forget that God has a plan in our, for our lives. Being saved by grace connects us to the body of Christ. We are adopted into the family of God. We belong to the Lord. We have been commissioned to proclaim the good news. And we're not alone on this journey. Today, the Holy Spirit walks with us through this journey. So when Jesus spoke these words to his disciples, they were reminded of the omnipotent power of the Lord. They, they could not begin to even comprehend the power of God. But Jesus wanted to assure them of his ability to provide and protect for them as they journeyed through Israel. The sovereign creator provided according to his might and unrivaled power. They would absolutely face nothing that God could not handle. You know, we are so quick to talk in church about the power of the Lord and we're praising. And then we leave and we fail to live as if we truly believe in his power. We leave church and instantly, I've done this. You know, our mind starts wondering and we're like, oh, I've got to figure this out. Go to the Lord with it. Ask for his clarity and discernment. Ask him to show you the way, whatever it is that you're not seeing yet. Ask God to make it clear so that you see it. Now remember, even Jesus couldn't do miracles when the people around him didn't have faith. So we have to stay in that faith of God. God stood in the middle of absolutely nothing and created everything. He formed man from dust and breathed life into him. Christ bore our sins while enduring the judgment meant for each of us as he gave up his life on the cross. Now, upon dying on the cross, it was his human or flesh side of Christ that died. That flesh, that flesh side of of Christ was bound by the laws of space and time, just as you and I are. But his death set his spirit free, set that spirit side of him free from the laws of space and time. Now, I had somebody one time say, well, what does that mean? Well, you didn't see God, I mean, you didn't see Jesus like time jumping and time traveling. No, you didn't. He lived just as any other human. But upon that death, those laws of time and space did not have him bound. Christ was buried 
And three days later, he rose from the grave. That was his spirit. A God cannot be killed, but his flesh had to die. His flesh had to be removed, basically. His spirit had to be set free. And he ascended to heaven. And he sits at the right hand of God the Father where he intercedes for us daily. Christ promised to prepare a place for us and return to us so that he could take us home with him. That is the power of the Lord. You know, Ephesians 3, in um, verse 20 and 21 says, Now upon him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ through all ages, world without end. Amen. You know, Jesus revealed the responsibility of all men to commit to a right relationship with him. Jesus knew the importance of the disciples' work and the implications of man's response to the message of the Lord. And in verse 32, it speaks of that confession of knowing Jesus. This confession is is twofold. Upon hearing the message of Christ coming as our Savior and Redeemer, the people were then obligated to respond to the message and confess Jesus as Christ. Those who received him as Lord would confess he is Christ, he is Savior, he is my Redeemer. And then Christ, before the Father, would confess that they are redeemed. Those who would be received and accepted by the Lord. It was done based on their confession as Christ, as their Savior. So this was also a responsibility of the disciples to confess publicly that Jesus was Christ. No matter what adversity they faced, they must proclaim Jesus as the Lord. Many were martyred because of their confession. The same goes for us. We can't expect the Lord to receive us if we are not willing to identify with him publicly in this life. We understand that rejecting Jesus means he will reject us before the Father. Those who deny Christ in his life can expect to be denied before God in judgment. Faith in the finished work of Christ to atone for our sin is our only hope of salvation and reconciliation to God. Our eternity, our eternal destiny depends on our relationship with Christ. So this morning, church, I have a, a couple questions. This message brings comfort and a challenge. Where do you stand today? Publicly, where do you stand today? Have you believed in the finished work of Christ? Do you believe in the finished work of Christ? Are you committed to serve him and proclaim him publicly, no matter what adversity you face? Let's lift our hearts to the Lord in prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we give you all honor and glory and praise 
God, it is your mercy and your grace and your forgiveness, your protection, your peace, your unfailing love, and the redemption of our Savior, Jesus Christ, that brings us into that relationship with you. Lord, we pray for a spiritual awakening in our hearts, in our church, in our community, in our our world, and with our leaders, and anyone who is in a position to influence the world. We pray for that spiritual awakening. We pray that you'll open our hearts and our minds to a deeper understanding of your word as we prepare for your second coming. And God, we pray that every knee freely bows So on that day, when you do return, we will be accepted and received by Christ. We ask all things in the precious and holy name of Jesus. And now we pray with one voice, the way you taught your disciples to pray so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Church, as you go forward this week, please know I'm praying for you. As we face adversity, Please know I'm always here. You can send prayer requests through whatever media platform you are hearing this on. We would love to be in prayer for you. But until next time, always remember to speak life, be a blessing, put your faith feet into action to cause a positive ripple effect. Until next time, much agape, everybody.